We're so glad that you're listening to the Branches Podcast. If you're in the Houston area, we'd love to see you in person at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more information, go to brancheshtx.org. We hope this message helps you draw closer to God and that you hear the good news that you belong. Thanks for listening. today. Uh, We're reading from Romans today, Romans 12, and uh, this this is just some guidance from Paul uh, about what it means for us to change. We're entering this new series called Accidentally on Purpose. It's really answering and asking the question, um, can we change? And if that's true, if we can change, if we can become better people, deeper people, how do we do that? Uh, And Paul gives some advice uh, in the beginning of chapter 12 of Romans. He says this. So, brothers and sisters, because of God's mercies, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. This is your appropriate priestly service. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. Because of the grace that God gave me, I can say to each one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Instead, be reasonable, since God has measured out a portion of faith to each one of you. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I had a friend last week share um, that even coming into worship, um, that we had the series on Sabbath, it's hard to feel at rest like that you come into worship and you try to pause, but you're still carrying into this place uh, all the things that have stressed you out over the past week or the things you still have yet to do, the things you've left undone, the things you have to start when you go back to work tomorrow on Monday. So as we begin to pray together uh, right now, I just want to invite you uh, as we pray to call to mind all of those things that you bring into this place. Call to mind the things that worry you and burden you. Call to mind those things that um, you don't know how you're going to do on your own the things you've left unsaid to a neighbor or friend, uh, the things that you desire to do in your own life that you just put off. Uh, Let's pray together and give those things to God. So let's pray. God, we pause in this moment to slow down and to hear you, to bring before you all those things that um, we've left at home or have brought into this place, worried about, anxious about, the things that were not looking forward to tomorrow in our work day, the things that we uh, are worried might happen or could happen, the long to-do list, the anxiety that comes with the holiday season, uh, the conversations we know we need to have but we don't want to, whatever it is we bring into this space, we give it all to you, just even if for a moment that sure we can hear from you, but also that we could just rest in you and who you are. Put our minds, our hearts, our spirits at ease in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, We'll put up the check-in QR code again and invite you, if you haven't checked in, that you would uh, check in and let us know that you were here. There's also check-in QR codes at your feet by your chairs, and I know some of you came in after we made that announcement. If you want to go ahead and check in, 
you have my permission to pull out your phone and to do so right now. Uh, just to let us know you are here, we promise we won't pester you. It's just so we know that you are here, and also if we have anything to share during the week or to keep you connected with going, what's going on in the life of branches, we'd love to know that you are here on this Sunday. We can check in with you. So uh, if you want to use that QR code on the screen or lend your feet, that would be great. We're entering uh, this series just for two weeks before the season of Advent called Accidentally on Purpose. And really, the premise of the whole series is that uh, we're being formed. Is this true? Is this a fact of reality of who we are as human beings that in every moment of every day and every situation at work, at home, and leisure time, at play, on vacation, we're being formed? We're being formed by the content that we consume, by the relationships that we have, by the habits that we form, by the environments that we're in, by the stories that we tell ourselves and that we're being told externally. We're being formed. Whether we like it or not or know it or not, day after day after day, hour by hour, minute by minute, we're being formed and shaped into something or someone, for good or for bad. <laughs> for our own edification or maybe also uh, in a way that we don't want to be formed. And so the kind of premise of these next two weeks is to begin there, to say, okay, we are being formed. How do we know what we're being formed by? And maybe how do we counteract that? And then next week we'll talk about maybe some more nuts and bolts about what it means to like counterform, to intentionally choose, to on purpose, as the series says, on purpose, choose how we want to be formed. And if we follow Jesus, to be formed by the life of Jesus. Over this past week, I've been thinking about all the ways that I've been formed. You know, I look back at different seasons of my life, like awkward sixth grade Colin, uh, to like teenager who thought he was way too cool but wasn't cool at all, uh, to college Colin and seminary Colin, and, and all the ways I've been formed and shaped, and just kind of looking at all the different factors, my parents and my siblings and the friends that I chose and the music that I listened to and the content that I consumed, I look back and it, and it has formed me. It's shaped what I think and believe. And many of you know I grew up in a small town in Arkansas. So I picked up y'all, and I pronounced the word R-O-O-F, roof, uh, which my wife loves to make fun of me for. Uh, I get. Uh, and growing up in this small town in Arkansas, I mean, like, they are still talking about it. My mom still lives there. She's still talking about it. Like, everybody talks about how they're going to get a target one day. It's like the most exciting thing that's ever going to happen, you know? We're formed to, like, expect target, like these spirits and hearts formed to just be hopeful that one day our small town will have a target. Uh, and, and we're formed and shaped that way. And in the town that I grew up in, we're formed and shaped to believe that, like, the best way you can spend your time off is to hunt. <laughs> and I never did, but it was just, like, in the air. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. And not only that, when I was formed by the place that I lived and the place that I grew up and formed by my parents, but you also realize that you as an individual, as a person with will and with communication skills and with other things, you form other people, again, for good or for bad. Uh, my uh, best friend, Taylor, uh, we've known each other for so, so long. Uh, one of the like, first pictures of me in kindergarten is like the first day of kindergarten, and it's like me and Taylor excited to go to kindergarten on our first day. So we've known each other for a really long time. And Taylor, uh, at home one day, said a bad word. Uh, and his parents didn't teach him to speak that way. Uh, and he got in huge trouble. Uh, he was like 9, 10 years old. And they were, you know, talking to him, lecturing him about saying a bad word. And he was like crying profusely. And it's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And they're like, we never say those words. Where did you learn that? And he said, Colin. <laughs> uh, 
The part I left out is this was also our pastor's son. <laughs> so uh, not only was he in trouble, but I was in big trouble for teaching him that. Um, we form people, <laughs> and we're formed by people. Whether we know it or not, we're formation machines as people. But also the cities that we live in, the places that we live form us. They form us to believe certain things and act in certain ways and to call access roads feeders. Um, and when Landon and I moved to Houston, you know, neither of us are from here. We were learning a new city, learning all the things you know, that you're supposed to know when you live here. And I've kind of come to the conclusion, okay, Houston is a formation mas- machine and it's forming me to eat and go to concerts which I'm not upset about, you know? Uh, And if either of those things, God forbid, you know, you need to go to the hospital, we have a giant medical complex we could go to, you know? Uh, Our city is forming us into a certain type of person. And we can embrace and celebrate the ways that the places that we live and the communities that we're in and the cultures that we're a part of form us in good ways, in edifying ways, in helpful ways, in ways that make us, you know, people of service and of compassion. And we also are critical. Maybe the society we live in is, uh, you know, full of itself or, you know, is gluttonous or is greedy or whatever else. We can critique that and then we can celebrate the ways that it invites us to be better people. We're being formed. We're being shaped and formed in ways that we don't even realize or recognize. And that's what Paul is talking about in Romans Uh, He uses this kind of distinction between being conformed and being transformed. And the Greek word for conform there, it's either used as like a manufacturing, like creating some sort of physical thing, or also it's the same word used as like bringing up a child, that you shape them and form them, conform them to a certain mold, a certain way that you want them to be. And the word transform that Paul uses here is metamorpho, Maybe we think about our own English language, the word metamorphosis, that we think about a butterfly, like a total transformation, like you were one thing and you are now another. And that's what Paul is talking about, that to have your mind renewed and it then drops down into your heart, your whole life changes. That's what it means for Paul to follow Jesus, is it's not just like moderate change or a little bit of change, it's like total transformation. It's not incremental over time in the sense that like, oh, I, I don't realize it, but you choose to be part of it. It's counter, counteracting the ways that you're unintentionally formed or accidentally formed, we would say. There's kind of this like Western American parable that people tell uh, about a woman who is uh, teaching her daughter the family recipe for pot roast. And uh, she's making it and she's trying to show her daughter so one day she can pass it along to her daughter and she's like, you know, putting spices on it, and then she cuts the ends off of the roast and puts it in the pan and puts it in the oven. And the girl says, why did you cut the ends off? Is there some reason that you do that? And the mom said, you know, my mom, your grandma, always did that, um, and so I always do that. I don't really know what the reason is. It must have something to do with the way it cooks. I'm not really sure. She said, I'm going to call your grandma. I'm going to ask her. She calls her grandma, uh, and she says, hey, uh, I'm showing her how to make the pot roast, and I cut the ends off. She asked, why? Do you know why? And the girl's grandma, the mom's mom said, you know, your mom, or my mom, your grandmother, she always did that, uh, and I never knew why, and she's still living, so I'm going to call her, and I'm going to ask her. So she calls this girl's great-grandmother, the mom's grandmother, the grandmother's mom, and uh, asks her, you know, they're making the roast, as they do every holiday, and they cut the ends off. Do you know why they cut the ends off? And the great-grandmother says, oh, honey, my pan was always too small. 
So I cut the ends off, <laughs> and I put it in the pan. You don't really need to do that anymore. <laughs> uh, and even though it's a, apocryphal, it's probably a parable, it's not really true. Like, we know that sometimes we've been doing something for so long, and then we step on the scale, or we ask somebody why, and you step back, and you just ask the question, and you're like, why have I been doing this? And we, we've been formed in ways that we don't even realize, and that's what Paul means when he says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. Don't step into the ways that you're just being incrementally changed to believe certain things, to do certain things a certain way, to step into the ways that the world, not in a, I'm not going to villainize the world or condemn the world, but just in a way that's making you something that you're not trying to be. Day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, you're being formed. Paul's premise, and I think it's good news for us, is that we're being formed, and because we're being formed, we can be formed in another way. His idea is that it'll go from our, our mind to our heart. That first, you have, your mind has to change. I think we've all been in that place where we know what's good for us, we just haven't you know, put the effort into actually putting that idea into practice. And it takes accountability, it takes a little bit of effort on our part, it takes some regimen or something, it takes, you know, tricking your brain into doing the thing that you need to do, but you change your mind, and then your heart changes, and then your conduct changes, and then before you know it, you've been transformed, you've been metamorphized, you've changed from one thing into another thing. Transformation is something that we opt into, but being conformed <laughs> is something that happens over time without you even knowing it. When I was growing up, um, I didn't hunt, and I played sports for a little while, but it really wasn't my thing, and I, as you might imagine, wasn't the most popular kid in school, and I had a group of friends, and we all were like, we want to be unique and special uh, and individuals, and we want to listen to this type of music, and we want to play guitar, and we want to get our ears pierced, and we want to wear black shirts and black pants all the time, and before I knew it, we were all unique in the exact same way. Um, we were conformed to a pattern. And again, it's not a judgment thing, but over the course of time, we were conformed into a particular way of being in the world. And we choose then to be transformed otherwise. The way Paul puts it is that you become a living sacrifice. I read a commentary this week that said the problem with living sacrifices is that they can wiggle their way off the altar. <laughs> that to be a living sacrifice means to give your whole self, your whole person, every bit of you, your thought and your action and your beliefs and your heart and your spirit over to being changed. Because whether we know it or believe it or like it or not, again, we're being changed all the time by external forces. And really just to lay it all out there, just to give the, the premise, just the, the central idea for us is that um, formation, and for Christians, spiritual formation isn't a Christian thing, it's a human thing. That we've probably been in a situation where you've had a spouse or a friend or a neighbor or a coworker, you've said something rude to them or you behaved in a way and they said, like, that's so unlike you. <laughs> you know, or maybe you thought that of yourself, like, I don't know why I behaved that way. That's so unlike me. Because for some reason, in some way, you've been formed to react and respond to certain situations and sometimes it just boils over and a glass can only spill what it contains or something inside of you that comes out because you've been formed in a particular way. So where I want to land for us today uh, and kind of bridge us into next week 
is to not quite get into the on purpose part of accidentally on purpose, the intentional part of how we choose, but to lay the foundation of, okay, uh, if I want to on purpose intentionally change, I have to first know how I'm being formed now. And there's a few different ways that we can do that, the ways that we can kind of assess where we are. First, I invite you, uh, John Mark Comer calls this uh, a spiritual life audit. It's not the sexiest term of all time, Uh, but you look over the course of your week. Maybe a Sunday afternoon is the perfect time to do it, and just kind of assess yourself, and don't beat yourself up to say, like, how often did I find myself in a quiet place? We just got out of a series on Sabbath. Was I able to find rest this week? Did I find myself in prayer? And again, this isn't an opportunity to beat yourself up, but if you're committed to having a deeper spiritual life, you look back on your week and you're like, did I even make time to do it? Did I carve out the space? Did I give myself uh, the, the means I needed to practice these things, to do an audit? Another way of putting this is there's a saint from Christian past called St. Ignatius. He had this thing called the examine. And he was like, hour by hour, over the course of days, what was I doing? And not just what was I doing, like I was at work or I was commuting or I was having a meal, but like, how was I feeling? What was I thinking? What was I believing about myself? What was I believing about other people and just assess where we are? If we want to simplify a little bit, my my friend Jeremiah is a church planter in Houston as well, and he has this thing he calls the 21 blocks. So over seven days, you have 21 blocks, morning, midday, and evening of every single day. If we don't want to do hour by hour, it's a huge task, could you just look at each block of your day? Where was I? How did I feel? What did I think or believe about myself in those 21 blocks? And these are just tools. There's any number of ways that you could just assess where you are and think about how you're being formed and what you're consuming and who you are in the moment. Last thing is just to remind ourselves that really what formation is, is our habits and our relationships and our environment uh, over the course of time shapes us over the course of time. And the good news is that we have time. We can start today. <laughs> we can start today not like cutting off relationships and, you know, like I'm going to be a really holy monkish person by tomorrow. I'm going to like pray seven hours a day or whatever. If you do that, good luck. <laughs> but to, to, to be people that just know that to be true, that knowledge is really powerful. Because I think we're taught, maybe this is one of the ways we've been formed is like, I don't know, Colin, you're over 30 now. You're just the way you're going to be forever, you know? Uh, The good news is I found in so many ways in, you know, exercise and in diet, those kind of superficial things, but also in my spiritual life, that things can change. I think there was a part of me in seminary that was like, once you get out of seminary, you're like going to know everything. Uh, You're going to be so prayerful and holy, and you're going to be so prepared. This is like really naive thing. And I think I can get a witness from Carrie and Michelle that like, That's not the case at all. (laughs) But that, over the course of time, I found that I can change, and I can grow deeper in my relationship with Jesus, and that really the goal of me leading anybody to follow Jesus is not to be the expert, but to walk alongside people in our knowledge that we can change, to partner with people in transformation, to partner with people in trying to uncover the ways that we're being formed that are unfortunately contrary to the way of Jesus. Spiritual formation isn't a Christian thing, it's a human thing. And we're all being formed for good or for bad. We're teaching our best friends curse words, unfortunately. (laughs) 
but we're also being formed if we come to worship like you're here right now, or if we just set aside time to be quiet and just to listen and just to be open, if we unhurry ourselves to experience the life of God, if we just take a moment to read a couple of verses of scripture or to listen to a worship song in the car, to have a conversation with our children or to listen to a person who's hurting or to share a gift with someone who's in need or just to pay attention to the hurts of the world and give in some way to them. If we just set aside time, we can be formed by those things too. Like the more you do acts of service, the more serving a person you become. The more conversations you have, the more conversational you become. The more humble things you do, the more humble you become. The more compassionate things you do, the more compassionate you become. You're being formed already. So let's lay the foundation for us to look forward to next week and say, okay, I want to choose a way I want to be formed. There's a person, this person named Jesus, who, if you're religious or not, I would be hard-pressed to find somebody who doesn't think Jesus is compelling. <laughs> who, like, I want to be like that guy in some way. I want to be unbothered and unmoved. I want to be peaceful and compassionate and kind. I want to be wise. And if you believe that Jesus is who he says he is, he invites all of us. An open invitation to say, yes, you can be changed, and I'm willing to help you get there. Your whole self every disposition that you have, every opinion that you have, every part of the person that you are, Jesus not only wants to change, but loves and is drawing you close, not in spite of who you are, but because of who you are. You can change. That's good news. You can change. And Jesus invites us in every little bit, in moment by moment, hour by hour, to believe it, and to invite him to be the agent of change in our life. It's good news, friends. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the invitation you offer each one of us to not be conformed any longer by our day-in, day-out habits of just letting other voices and stories and people shape us, but this invitation to be shaped and formed by you. Just open our eyes to the truth that no matter what age we are or background we have or how we feel about ourselves, that we can be changed. We can become more like you. Just offer us your peace. And as we come to this table, offer us your life. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, your generosity yeah. is one of those things that changes us. When you give, you become a more generous person. And because of your generosity, we're able to have this place called Branches to invite more people to come in and tell them the good news that Jesus invites them to change their lives for the better. And so I'm so grateful for your generosity, for the ways that you're already giving to this place, to this larger St. Luke's worship community, that when you give, you enable us to be an instrument and a home and a center point for people to change. Not just so we can change and feel good about ourselves, but so our communities and our city can change. So we thank you for your gifts and your generosity. Amen.